Hello and welcome to the Unpretty Podcast. I'm Basma and this is Chi. We want to explore the world of beauty through the experiences and stories of people of colour. In each episode, we will unpack different themes and topics, along with the help of some friends, experts and people we just really love. We've got lots to say, lots to learn and we're here to do that with you. So let's get to it. Hello. Hi Bas, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, not bad. I like how we started this chat. <laughs> Like a phone call. Yeah, it is a phone call because this is what happens when you're recording not face to face. You're kind of like, hello, are you there? And Kadeen, are you there? Hi, guys. So Kadeen is one of our producers. We also actually wanted to get AO on here, but we haven't quite convinced her yet, but she will eventually. You'll hear her voice. We were going to blackmail her into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it would be really nice for everyone's voices to be in here and everyone's stories to be told because, you know, we are for black women, but we are for black women with very different experiences and identities, actually. KD, we wanted to ask you a question that we asked each other in the last episode. And I think you definitely are the person to answer it because from knowing you your whole lineage is very interesting how do you identify your ethnicity I identify as black um basically my family's heritage is St Lucian but when you break that down further we've got Arawak Indian Bayesian Scottish American I have Scottish in me yeah and then we have South American from Panama interesting you're a woman of the world so when I break it down to people when they ask they're like, well, you're not really black, are you? So at the moment, it's a topic of discussion that keeps on coming up with me as I meet new people. Um, but as I said, I, I identify as black. If somebody was to categorise me, they may say that I am mixed race because I am light skinned. But I prefer going by black. This episode is called Unpretty and Unfiltered. We're dedicating some episodes to shine a light on people of colour and their beauty journeys finding out about their experiences and what we've all maybe got in common. So, our first person is actually one of the UK's leading beauty influencers. She's been in the game quite a long time, and we're quite interested to find out her story and what her beauty journey is. So, let's introduce her. Just before we get into it, we just want to let you know that this episode has candid conversations surrounding eating disorders. If you feel like this content isn't for you, please feel free to skip minutes 10 to 17 of the conversation and jump back in. Joining us today, we are very excited to welcome the amazing Jade Pierce. She's a model, a beauty digital content creator with a following of over 1.5 million across her social channels. That's Instagram, YouTube. Jade is also a qualified beauty therapist and a makeup artist sharing all her tips and tricks and experiences with her followers, including an Instagram live that she just did for two hours before joining <laughs> us now. Hours. I know. Um, it, it takes a lot to actually look this natural, you know? <laughs> so Jade, tell us how you are. How are you finding quarantine? Good. Not good. Like, yeah, like I'd, I'd rather this than my normal life. But I feel like I've coped a lot better than what I thought I would. It, it has got to the point now where I am just like, I really would love to see everybody. At first I was working so much. I was keeping myself so distracted. But um, I just decided to give myself an all around break. Skin, nails, hair, all of that stuff. And this is the first time I've put on makeup in like two or three weeks. So it feels very, it wow. feels very strange. Guys, did anyone, was it weird to put on makeup this morning? Because part of me feels like I was like, wait, did I forget how to do that? Or did I not put something I on? Shaking. Did I miss a step? I was literally <laughs> shaking. And I have no idea <laughs> why. I, I, I'm also in pain because of like my lady times or whatever. So that didn't help. But yeah, I was literally shaking. But it's good. I feel... Feel yourself like me again. Well, yeah. you look you look great. Thank you. Jade, you are the queen of content. You've been sharing videos and posts about how to maintain beauty during lockdown. We loved your YouTube tutorial where you laminated your brows and oh, did your own thank brows. you. <laughs> thank you. Pretty impressive. Have you been trying anything else out at home? No, I actually haven't. Since that video I had done all of that and then after that I was like, I'm just giving myself a break. Yeah, um, yeah, Kadeen, yeah. have you done your nails yet? This is, I don't even know Kadeen. when I've done them. This was sometime in 
probably second week of March, I want to say. And this sound obviously some nails broken off, but I have been doing my nails from since I was 16. So that's like 16, wow. 17 years ago. And I've got a kind of OCD where if I can feel anything on my skin or if a nail has broken or if there's a piece of dead skin, I'll just literally bite and bite and bite and bite and bite. So I use acrylics to stop me from biting my nails. So I am trying my absolute hardest to keep the acrylic on my nails because once the acrylic comes Kadeen, off- Kadeen, they've got to go. They've got to go, girl, they got to go. They're hanging off for dear life. <laughs> they really are. I'm going to cut them down this weekend, but I can't bite all my nails off. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm a nail biter. So I will literally- I used to be a bad nail biter thing. when I was a little girl. Do you think that you'll go back to go back to doing them once lockdown is over? Do I think I'll go back to getting them professionally done? Yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I've got the whole kit, I can do it, and I've yeah. got really, really good at it. And I think it's great to have, like, if anything happened to one or if I needed, like, to do it as an emergency because I couldn't get an appointment or something. But overall, I think I've decided that I just like... I want to pay for the service to be done. I'm happy to yeah. do that. Like, yeah. it's quicker. Same with my hair, same with my brows. I can literally thread my brows myself. I'm sure you see on the video. But you, can, you can properly thread. I, like, I saw it, but you could, how did you teach yourself how to thread? That look, it looks so hard. I just YouTube how to thread your own eyebrows, and then I just copied. I was, like, 13, 14 the first time wow. I did it myself. Wow. So it was a risk. But I feel like I've always been quite... Uh, talented when it comes to like beauty things like if I don't know about it I can learn quickly what made you learn especially at such a young age I let's get a little bit deep right now okay so I yeah. feel like <laughs> from a very young age I've sort of struggled with confidence and loving myself and things like that and I felt like every time I did something beauty wise I felt better not necessarily like oh I'm looking better now but I just felt better because it was self-care mm. and that's when I sort of just sort of fall in love with it I would always be like in my sister's and my mum's makeup even though they are not mixed race they are full black women and I would be in their makeup boxes trying to use their Good makeup stuff. that was never gonna match me anyway but you know I'd use their eyeshadows and stuff as well my mum would get so angry with me like when I would be out with my friends I'd put makeup on and I'd like have to take it off before I come back home and stuff <laughs> but all I knew is is that I loved it. And I always felt like I wasn't very good at things. I always felt like I wasn't good at much. There was a lot that I was dealing with at school and home and things like that, that a lot of people didn't know about. I always felt stupid. I was never really like really academically smart in school. Like all my friends were. One thing that I was good at that they weren't that great at, no offense guys if you're watching this, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're good now. You're good now. But one thing that I was good at that they weren't that great at is the beauty stuff. Yeah. So I held on to that because it was like, oh, this is this is my thing. Like, this is what I'm good at. My friend Jess, for example, she's one of my bestest friends. And we met at college. And I remember looking at her and thinking, you are so, so pretty. But your eyebrows are not cute. They are all the way <laughs> fucked up. And you would be so much cuter with that. Like, no offense, but like, literally, like, I remember thinking to myself, like, when me and her are like good friends, I feel like I want to teach her about brows and stuff. So we became good friends and I taught her about brows and stuff. Do you know what? And That's a sign of a good friend. I remember just saying to her, baby girl, it's not it. <laughs> it's, it's not it. We can't do that. <laughs> it's not it. I'm so sorry, but yeah, like I've never, I've never felt like, oh, uh, I don't want my friends to be hot. Like I want to be hot. And I don't want my friends to be hot. Like, no, like I feel like if you can make someone more confident, that that's something that someone will have forever and carry forever. And yeah, none of that bitchy, bitchy shit where everyone's like, there's some sort of competition, you help each other and that's just yeah, how I am. Yeah, 100%. It's really funny, actually. Ayo and I were having a conversation about how, you know when you're looking your worst, but then one of your friends throws you a compliment. We're just like, those are the people that you cannot trust, that like you cut them out of your life because <laughs> they're liars. And I, I hate liars. And I feel like oh. your story about your friend Jess just shows that you were you're a good, a good friend, friend. yeah good friend. I mean I mean it's very subjective because 
you know, something that I might not like the look of, somebody else might think, well, who are you to be telling somebody to change that about them? I mean, uh, am I going to, like, comment on weight or something like that? No. I know how sensitive the topic of weight is. I'm not going to be like, oh, you look too skinny or you look too big or something like that. That is off freaking limits for Mm -hmm. friends, families, strangers. I mean, unless it's, like, a serious health concern. Whereas, like, in my life, I've suffered with um eating disorders and eating and things like that i feel like people didn't want to say anything because it's it's a very tricky one and they know how my insecurities can be anyway but it does come to a point where your family or your close friends are going to be like you you're not looking well you know and mm. that's just you can't be like oh your body shaming me that's that's love when you were going through your thing with um with your eating disorder and stuff did you notice that people were noticing you or did you feel like when you had makeup on and you looked really good like facially that people didn't notice oh no I I I felt like everybody noticed there was never a time where I felt like oh nobody knows what's going on like I knew what I was seeing in the mirror I knew um because the thing is with mine is that it wasn't a thing I think people think that if you have an eating disorder you want to be skinny you want Mm. to be small mine weren't like that and that's why I was so in denial the whole time, like, I don't have an eating disorder because I know I don't want to be skinny. Like, that's the last thing that I want. It's not, it's not like I like what I see in the mirror. I want to be bigger. There's certain things with foods that I'm just very... I've, I've attached a lot of emotion to food and I didn't realise that I was doing it until I went to hypnotherapy and basically had a lot of therapy to understand what's caused this. But I knew, I knew it was like something that would replay in my head anytime I'd go to an event anytime I'd go anywhere even if it's to the supermarket anytime anyone looked at me it was never I thought oh they think I look good or they think I look pretty all it was I just thought they thought oh she's disgusting she's skinny every every bad thing I thought about myself I thought when people look at me that's what they're thinking god what a journey Jade what a journey (laughs) to come out the other end and be able to talk about it like well done you to be open to openly sort of say that I had this and I understand it now thank you I mean it's still like a journey now it's still something that I'm still not at like the weight that I want to be there's still work that needs to be done but two years ago I was seriously 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 sick and I was losing my memory I was losing my eyesight like things were blurry I physically couldn't look after myself Got to the point where my mum had to step in and help me with Ayla. And um, because I just, I literally would get up and I would feel so tired because I just hadn't, hadn't eaten for days. Like I ate no meals, nothing, no meals. It was all just sweets because I would always have a sweet tooth no matter what in life. So yeah, that I think that kept me kept me alive, but I'm paying for it now because my digestive system is fucked, <laughs> which is why my skin is flaring up the way it is, but I've been doing everything that I that I've been doing. But it's getting so much better and my eyesight's fine and you can't see my chest bones and stuff the way you used to be able to and I've got color to me. I was very pale before. So I have to, every time I think, oh, like, I, I feel like I should be bigger. I feel like I should be here. I have to think about where I was two years ago and um, understand that yeah. it's, it's not my body and the food that I'm giving myself now isn't just like putting weight on me. It's repairing my brain. It's repairing my eyesight. It's repairing, it's undoing everything that I did. It's not just about weight. So yeah. I, have yeah. to, I have to think of that. And how was it going through that in the public eye? So you were still posting on Instagram and creating content. Like how how did that balance yeah. out? Yeah, um, I didn't talk about it for a very long time. Um, I only spoke about it when people started noticing. So mm. like the more people were noticing, the more I felt like I had to talk about it because it was very obvious. I remember one time someone said to me, you're a very pretty girl, but it looks like you haven't eaten in a year. And I was sitting there thinking, I haven't. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just facts. Like, I haven't. And I felt so embarrassed because I'm like, oh my God, they're starting to notice now. And um, I was, it, was, it was such an embarrassing feeling, I can't lie. Like, oh, they've, they've noticed. It was like a heart drop. Um, 
But once I spoke about it, I actually felt like a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders, to be honest with you. I felt like I actually had more support than I, than I thought I would. I thought people would judge me. I thought people would be like, you're an unfit mother, just things like that. Um, that's why I didn't really speak about it. I think I just let them know that it's something I'm aware of. It's something that I'm working on. I know you feel like you know me, but you don't personally know me. Like, don't come on a, like a stranger's essentially a stranger's Instagram and be like oh this is wrong with you this is wrong I have family and friends that I talk to and that try and help me I don't feel like it's a stranger's job to be to keep pointing something out um and I I knew that I was working on myself I think if I if people were saying all of these things and I wasn't trying to work on it I would feel worse but I think what gave me comfort is knowing that this is my journey and this is this is what has to be done, basically. And you also realise that people do have a lot of love for you because you obviously kind of grew up in the public eye as well. Like, you know, you have a, you have a lot of followers and it's almost that pressure that you feel of like, you know, people are noticing and I have to be public because that's kind of your job to be public. But the fact that people were like, yeah. you know, we, we care about you and we actually want to see you healthy and we want to, we, we're part of this journey with you. It's kind of great. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, that was really lovely. You mentioned that you used to like steal makeup from your mum and your sister and they're both dark skinned. So what was your experience growing up? I grew up in a black household. My mum's black, my older sister's black. My little brother, he is, well, he's quarter white. His dad is mixed race and my mum is black. But, like, my household is black. Growing oh, yeah. up, I... <laughs> this is going to sound hilarious. I thought I was adopted. Oh. <laughs> you need to tell us more. This is before my brother sort of thing. Like, before my little brother came along, I just thought I was adopted. Like, I don't know why I thought that, because, like, me and my sister just had different dads. Like, that was... Yeah. But I just... I felt different. Okay, yeah. Um... Just because of the way you look, yeah, I, do, or... I just, yeah, I don't really know what it was. I just, I just, I just felt and I just knew that I was different. I always wanted to be just like my older sister. Yeah, I just looked at her and I'm just like, you're amazing. Like I just want to be like you. Mm. And I guess I just felt different because I don't look like her. Yeah, yeah fair enough. And Did I guess you... at a young age, I was just a bit, just a bit confused. <laughs> Why? As you got older, did you, I guess obviously you understood that your dad was white and your mum was black. Did you identify as black or did you identify as mixed race? Um, I feel like I've always identified as black. I feel like when, I don't know, especially like some white American man, he's not going to be like, oh, they're, they're mixed race, girl. Like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm a black, I'm a black girl. <laughs> mm. Um... And as I said, I come from a black woman. I've been brought up on that culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've always known my privilege as being lighter than them. I always, not even just being lighter, but my sister growing up, she was bigger. She was a bigger girl. She's very slim now, but she was a big girl back then. Mm -hmm. And um, I even noticed privileges when it come to being skinny. Yeah, over being yeah, yeah. it wasn't just like a race privilege thing but I feel like especially when I came online if I try to speak on black issues I have a lot of the time been told I I'm not full black I have no place wow but I don't feel that way I feel like I do because I've I've seen it I've witnessed it like say like if for example like I've I've been upset because um, a brand hasn't brought out um, a particular shade that is for dark-skinned people, and I raise that concern. People will tell me that I'm fake outraged because it doesn't even affect me. But I'm like, but what do you know when I... What do you know when I've watched my mum back in the days try and shop for her foundation shade, and she can't, or she's got to spend X amount of money because drugstores aren't doing it sort of thing like they don't they don't know and they don't see what I've seen so I feel like I I get shut down but um I feel like as of like recently this year I've I felt more confident like I felt like 
fuck yous, you can't tell me. That's how I feel. Like, you can't actually tell me anything. Yeah. Also, I don't understand why you can't be an ally. You, like, you, whether, yeah, you, exactly. whether you had the experience with your mum and your sister or not, you can still be an ally and say, I might not have this problem, but I know this problem exists, so why can't I speak on it? Yeah, I think... I, it's so stupid to me, but this is the internet. Yeah, <laughs> people will really have cool. a this people will have a problem about anything, and um, it has in the past like stopped me from saying certain things that I want to speak about because I just can't be asked for mm. the drama. But then, like I remember, like speaking to my boyfriend one day. It was actually not that long ago, and I was saying to him that. It just doesn't feel like me. In real life, I, I'm so opinionated about these things. I have so much to say. And then these strangers have basically told me to shut the fuck up. It's like, who even are you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's the thing. It's so important to, really, as you said, like use your privilege in order to shine a light on problematic situations everyone should be an ally for anyone who's underrepresented whether as a black person I'm, I'm an ally for you know um the lgbtq community or the muslim community or just everyone if you can see yeah. something that is wrong like you have to call that out and i think it's yeah. insane that people even question your authenticity when as human beings that's just what we should be doing yeah <laughs> I think even when um, this is like a little like a little stir of the conversation, but even when all the stuff I'm sure you guys have seen, all the stuff was happening on Twitter, and like there was there was this week where Twitter was a very dark place because you know people were getting called out for their past behaviors and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I could see that people were searching through my own stuff and um wow and I saw someone put up um screenshots of like old tweets that I had put nothing bad actually just in full and love support of black women in fact from like 2014 or whatever and they like put something up like just had to make sure because of all the other influences or whatever and I just felt like you wanted there to be something like you yeah, you're looking you you don't trust who I am now, so you'll search for things to try and make your your narrative of me make sense in your head. Because I honestly think that people think that when I'm supporting um, black women and blah, 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 that this is like a new thing, please search my tweets. So that kind of- The hurt, fact that you I'm even have to it. justify how strongly you feel about black people, that in itself as a statement is wild. Like that, you know, like in this conversation yeah. and there's the four of us obviously me and Kadeen and Jade we're a bit lighter skin and she is darker skinned than us and I would don't think you would ever turn around and be like you can't speak about me because you're not my shade of black like I think there's that is a very weird place to be when you're yeah. so offended by that especially yeah. because the way that you're presenting it is from a place you're not even talking about you know, poor me, I've experienced this. You're saying, you're just saying, this is a fact. This is unfair for yeah. this community. Mm. And I think that there's absolutely no reason, I mean, there's no reason to ever be called out on something like that when it's quite blatantly part of your heritage, but yeah. there's no excuse to be called out on it when you haven't even made it about yourself. Like you've, you've yeah. actually, you're doing it in the, best way possible that completely takes yourself out of it you've got nothing to gain from it apart from the well-being of your friends and family yeah, yeah. do you feel like the upbringing yeah. with your mum and sister influenced you and the way you see women of color in beauty yeah for sure I definitely do think that way I just love it I love that I've come from a black woman like I just yeah. love it like I just we all do just, yeah, that's everything about it. Like, I just love it. Like, the fact that, like, my hair's been looked after from a young age. And I've just always seen my mum and my sister as beautiful. Like, I've never seen them as anything else. I've mm. never looked at them and thought, you're, you're not. Never. I've just never seen anything else but beauty. If anything, like, I've always wanted to be darker. Like, I've always just thought it was lovely. Um, and I do think that that is down to them loving themselves and or trying to love themselves in a society that tells them that they can't or shouldn't and i've always admired that about them 
You talk about how you wanted to be darker. I was quite intrigued by that the same YouTube video that we were talking about at the beginning. You said how um, you hadn't fake tanned for ages and you normally go on the sunbeds and stuff. Can you talk us through that a bit more? Because I think people are often surprised to hear that any person of colour would choose to go darker. I am yellow as shit. Like, I am, like, yellowy green. And, like, when I tan, I just feel lovely. Like, I just feel golden. I feel like when the sun hits me and I get that tan, that's how I'm actually meant to be. I don't know why. Like, every time I go, like on a holiday and I just get that tan, I'm like, I feel like this is me. This feels right to me. Mm. I probably mm. use sunbeds like three or four times a year. I don't like fake tanning. I used to get spray tans all the time. I just oh, like wow. the colour. I like the glow. I love the glow too, to be honest. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I was on Ayla's Instagram. Such a fan of Ayla. Who's not a profile, fan of Ayla? Which, uh, I mean, I'm the, I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the video where you were washing her hair mm. and combing out and stuff and just I felt a little bit triggered in a sense because my memory of my mum doing my hair is, is just memory of pure pain uh-huh. and watching Ayla she doesn't flinch she's just there yeah. like a lot of people are like how how and like you my experiences weren't if I was moaning, I'd get a slap on the back, on the back of my head with a coat. I'll keep, I'll give you something to cry about. I was told sort of thing. Ayla was born bald, bald as shit, like had no hair whatsoever. And I was still brushing her little one, two strands of hair. Because it, it was just so cute. And uh, I... I've just been brushing her hair since she literally had no hair. So she, so she could get used to the fact that your hair has to be done. From a very young age, since she was able to understand things, and it, I was getting, why, why, mummy, why, why? I've always explained to her why something has to be done. Your hair has, to, not always in the house, if you want to look wild in the house, that's fine. Mummy looks wild in the house as well. But there's a time and a place. You go to nursery, or we go to like a nice dinner or something, you're not looking wild, I'm sorry. I know you're a kid, and I know a lot of people are against this. They're like, oh, they're a kid, like let them be. No, because, when they're at school, they've got to look presentable. When they get older yeah. and they start working and, and they're in certain settings, you know, if that's the case, I would step out everywhere in my dressing gown. It's not appropriate. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> learn, that it, learn that it's not appropriate. I've, I've always explained to her why it's got to be done, why it's good to care for your hair, and it will be done soon. And I've always tried to make it um, very, like, fun, like, you know, singing nursery rhymes or put a little bit of tv on going back to like when i was a kid as well so like my hair has always been like looked after but i wouldn't say like top notch looked after like it was still like the hair dryer was you know like the afro comb yeah. on the hair dryer like it was still yeah. that pulling on my hair yeah. and on a very high heat to where my scalp is literally being burnt and you know using grease greases that we now know as black people probably aren't the best and it's like clogging up your whole scalp sort of thing um, and I actually didn't know I had curly hair until I was 13. No. Yes, yeah, so uh-huh. really weird. I obviously knew that like when it got wet, like it was curly, but it never really stayed cut. Like my mum didn't like put product in it and let it air dry. It was always cane road or it was always oh, blow dried so out the and then same. Like, shipped into like a fluff, yeah. a yeah. bun or yeah. like a pair ponytail with like a bush sort of thing yeah I I never really knew that I had yeah (laughs) I never really knew that I had curly hair until I started doing my own hair there was something I think about that like from my experience my mum used to act like having your hair out was quite messy so it was like especially yes 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 yes, 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 it's messy so you got to tie your hair back or you got to put it in braids you got to put it in a bun something because this like hair out thing, what are you, what, are, what you're representing the family, put your hair up. Yeah. So it never got to be free. Yeah, that's exactly how it was for me as well. Um, I'm not mad at her or anything like that, it's yeah. all she knew, do you know what I mean? She never relaxed my hair or anything like that, which I'm really grateful for. Because I know that a lot of people have had experiences where they're like, why? Like you didn't even let me make that decision myself, like you mm. just did that and like yeah. now my hair's broken and stuff so I'm glad for that. Katie and what do you do with your hair? What's your hair naturally? 
my hair naturally is a bit like Jade's. I think it's um, a tiny bit more afro-y, but it's naturally curly. When I was younger, it was a hassle for anybody to wash my hair. It took ages to do. So we kind of always just blow dried it, as Jade said, just to make it more easier to manage. As I got older, obviously, I started doing my own hair, washing my hair, which would take four to five hours to do to wash and blow dry oh, myself. Same, same. And when I turned, I think I was 17, I decided I want to try and hot comb my hair, not personally myself, but I found a hairdresser. Um, and I started hot combing my hair from 17 and I haven't actually stopped hot combing my hair from since that age. So about what? 13 years now, I haven't stopped. But in the meantime, obviously, I learned about weaves. I learned about wigs about three years ago. So majority of the time my hair is hot combed. So it'll be dead straight. I might fling a weave in. I might wear a wig because when it's winter time, it keeps your head warm. Um, but I don't <laughs> use it like a hat. Really... It is like, it is definitely like a hat. It keeps your head so warm. You should try one one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I said to myself this year, I was going to leave my hair out more the one day that I do leave it out in between taking the weave out and washing it. I was like, oh my God, you should leave your hair out. It's so nice. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but do you know what I have to do the to maintain the curls? You said that you started getting your nails done, what, when you were, was it 16? Mm, I'd say younger than that. I'd say I, I got my first set of acrylics at like 13. Wow. Around that, but my dad, my dad kicked off really why oh, it was ridiculous because <laughs> he was just like you're you're too young you're gonna it's too like you it's too adult for you it's and i was just like what is your beef like first of all you're a man what do you know i like, say like one of our first got weave he was on to me like he would take that out take the nails off well i got my tongue pierced yeah when i was 15. you got your tongue old. pierced yeah At when 15? i was 15 and yeah, really, yeah, it was too young. Like, if Ayla went to go get her tongue pierced at 15, I'd be fuming, I'm not gonna lie. I can understand yeah. why he was pissed off. But I liked it, and he was like, you're gonna, you look like a whore. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was like, I feel like, I feel like I didn't get it for the same reason that you think I did. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, no. Wait, are you even allowed um, to get your tongue but... pierced at 15? Is it meant to be 16? No. It's 16. Not in those yeah. days. I loved that piercing. It's such like a 90s thing to do, I feel. And then I got well. my nipples pierced. Like, everyone did it. <laughs> and then so you went to the nipples. nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love piercings and I love tattoos. Talking of piercings, I remember when I, when I wanted to get my second holes done, just second holes in my lobes. I think my dad laughed in my face and said, we're Africans, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't Africans, do we don't do that. Even though you pierced my first holes when before yeah. I was even one, yeah. they're yeah. fine. So then I went and just got them done. But at that point, I I was wearing my hair in a weave, so I just hid. I hid all of my piercings. I've got like I think I've got six or seven in my ears. Hid them all from my parents until wow. I'd say two years ago. Wow! Well done. I feel like with A-Live, she wanted her seconds done or things like that. I feel like I'm not going to be too fussy with things like that. I'm not going to lie. What age did a did you get Ayla's ears pierced at? She was like eight months. Yeah. I mean, I was younger than eight months. Young. Yeah. I was tiny. Yeah, I was definitely... I, got, I had my ears pierced yeah. for my christening. Yeah, I was definitely around six months. People were on my dick, bro. Like, people, how could you do that? Like... But their child that and first of all you're going on like i've given her a nose ring like mm. i'm confused and it's very like it's all i've known all of my yeah, siblings we've known. all had Same. our ears pierced i think it's a kind yeah. of like a cultural yeah. thing like it's, it's just done i think yeah, yeah it is i had my i got my ears yeah. pierced when i was days old like days old my grandmother did it like this it wasn't a question it's a cult you do it you really yeah 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 ba like tiny tiny baby because apparently the lobes are at their softest like your skin hasn't formed oh properly yeah, when I you're mean, like that I've, right. <laughs> I've heard that kids they they heal very quickly and it is like no she didn't miss out on any sleep like it was like there was nothing in her ear at all yeah, yeah, yeah. she cried for the first second it was done then she got over it yeah mm. definitely a cultural thing
Yeah. Were there any other things that you done at a young age? So body hair removal, tattoos, or anything? So my like first, that? my first tattoo I got done at twenty three. So mm. like after I become a mother. In terms of other other piercings and stuff, like I've got no like loads in my ears, but mm. I feel like it's all been done since I was an adult. I feel like I wasn't allowed to be that experimental. I was never that kid that like dyed her hair different colors or got like a tattoo at 16 or something like that like apart from my tongue piercing i've been growing for everything else what about um hair removal what age did you do that <laughs> hair removal yes so i've been shaving my legs since year five and i remember um wow That's walking crazy. to school one day and my mum must have seen hair in the bath so she knew and she was like terrorizing me about the fact that i had shaven my legs she was pissed, like really pissed off. What's year five, when you were 10? <laughs> year five, I was about nine. I'm born in August, so I'm an eight one. So yeah, I'm about nine. I was about nine, which is nine. young, it's very young. Oh, oh, how did you have that much hair for her to even notice it in the bath as well after? <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I must have been a hairy motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even that hairy to be fair, but my mum notices you... everything. She notices everything. Yeah. You can't. How did Can't you even know how to shave your hair? It was fine. I didn't cut myself or nothing. But um, I started waxing when I went to college and studied beauty therapy. That's when I got, like, my first wax pot and stuff. Not going to lie, I stole the wax pot from college. Confessions live. Sorry to my teachers. Um, and I was waxing from, like... 16 17 all by myself i would work wow. by downstairs by myself i'd have a mirror in front you of did me your bikini by yourself i'd wax my back i did everything i did my back wow. the way i'd be twisted so you're back yeah, i'd be twist up in the most i was very flexible when i was young so <laughs> i used to do gymnastics and stuff so i would do everything and your i did whole it for back? years and uh, you're so shocked <laughs> yeah look at all our faces I'm thinking like, do I have a hairy back? Yeah, yeah, right. I've just never even oh, thought about. I feel I'd, I have I haven't done it. I haven't done it in ages. Like it's been years. My mm. back looked like a dolphin when it was done. Like it was amazing. Like I need to go back to that shit. Like I was like, I need to order oh. a wax pot because I need to be doing that stuff now. Um, wow. But yeah, I used to wax everything, and then now I do laser, but not everywhere. When did you start doing laser? Um, I was probably, oh, I really don't know. I think I was around 20, 21 when I started laser. Best thing ever. I recommend everyone to do it. I love it. I really want to do best. it. I just haven't got around to it. It's the best. I'm scared. I mean, really you're, you're supposed to have, <laughs> don't be scared. It is like a burning sensation. I'm not going to lie. Like my, the underarms paint, like I could not feel hardly anything. Like basically painless, but down there. I'm not even gonna lie, like it is painful, but it's not like more painful than waxing or something. And it's way more mm. worth it. And it's done within like two minutes. Like it's so, oh. it's so, it's so quick. It's so oh. quick. It's like you, you don't even need to worry about it. It's so quick. But I've, I, it's the best thing ever. Obviously, you haven't been able to have laser. So is your hair kind of growing back? And what are you yeah. doing? Are you removing it yourself? Or are you just letting it grow? I mean, a little bit of both, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time where I was really hairy and I was like, this is awful. Like, I don't feel nice whatsoever. So I got rid of it, but obviously it comes back. So yeah, I've just been shaving. You can't wax when you get laser because you can't pull the hair follicle out from the root. You can shave oh. though. That's why I haven't ordered like a wax pot or anything like that. But because of laser, like the hair is, it's so fine. Like you still... With the shaving, you're getting amazing results because there's not really much there anyway. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I've heard that it's it doesn't work on darker skin tones. So that but used what... to be the case. The technology okay. has, has advanced so much. So um, before it was a thing where darker skin tones couldn't get it because I believe that it couldn't catch the hair. Like it couldn't distinguish what the hair was and like what the skin tone mm. was sort of thing it all sort of blended in and the same with like blonde people and like really white skin they can't really get it because the hair can't really be seen like on i don't know how it really works but yeah you get the gist um but yeah the technology has advanced so much more now and black people can get it 
My people can get it. (laughs) (laughs) We've evolved. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous that we even have to be like, my people can get it. Do you have a specific audience in mind when you make the content or like is it people from certain backgrounds or do you feel like you just make content for everybody? I make content that I want to make. It, it, I don't know. I feel like black people and white people watch me but at the same time um, I feel like it is, I have heard people like in the comments say to me like, I mean it's not like I can change the fact that I'm mixed race or anything but... Mm. They, like, white people can't relate, but then black people can't relate, sort of thing. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, but, um, I just feel like, just, just use your tone. Like, just do what I'm doing. Yeah. Use your tone. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, the Um, way you even say, it's so basic. (laughs) Like, I just, I... I feel like I can watch someone that is lighter or darker. Than, maybe it's because I know makeup. I don't know. Maybe I'm being ignorant here. But I just feel like I can see what they're doing and apply it to myself. Yeah. In our last episode, we talked about how we personally all struggled finding content that included or that was tailored to people of colour. Did you find that growing up, first of all? And was that part of the reason why you then decided to do your own content? So it wasn't the reason why I started to create content. Basically, I started a channel when I was 13 years old, doing beauty and stuff like oh my that. God. So I, I started 13. that channel. But yeah, it was, I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but all I knew is that I loved it. People at school found out about it and weren't very nice, so I shut that channel down. And I basically started again when I was... 18 but I wouldn't say I started the channel because I didn't feel like I saw enough of me that is true I didn't see enough black or mixed race people it was mostly white people doing it so that was true but I don't feel like my actual reasoning was for that I felt like I had become popular on Instagram and people were asking so instead of me having to type I would just show you what I do I I never Uh, felt like I was telling I don't ever feel like I want to tell people what to do or I just I don't really like calling things a tutorial because just watch what I'm doing and and follow your own thing like do your own thing sort of thing um that's interesting though that you say that because you are still people are really learning from you and you are teaching people quite a lot is it the tutorials that you don't want to feel like you're not telling people what to do I just feel like I make videos, I, I've, I've got a way I like doing things, I make the video and I put it up, you either like it or you, or you don't, sort of thing. I mean, most of them like it, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I didn't start like, oh, this is how you do this, this is how you do that, it was more of a thing, this is my skincare routine and this is okay. my everyday makeup store, this is just things that I do and I'm just showing you, do what you will with it. We thought that the beauty salons were going to open soon. And so we were like, They're not. oh, what's everyone going to go out and do? But no, the government has said that the earliest is going to be July the 4th. So our whole situation is everyone's having a freak out because the shops are not opening until July. I'm not having as much of a freak out because I actually did what you have done now, which is I took off all my nails. My acrylics are gone. And I started doing that growing back process just yeah. before quarantine. Also just giving up on my hair because I'm like, it is what it is. But... Is there anything post-lockdown yeah, that you're like, I am there in the queue, first thing, I got to get this done. And actually, all of you guys, what is the first thing you're going to get done post-lockdown? <laughs> when it's actually safe is nails, I feel like. No, laser. No, no, oh. no, no. Oh. My, my teeth, my Invisalign. Am I back? What? Sorry. Invisalign. I'm, I'm going to go to the dentist and because I'm, I'm in my Invisalign journey right now. And I've had the same tray in for like three months now because I was meant to get more, but then lockdown happened. So that is the first thing I'd do. I'd get more trains so I can continue I'm dying to do that. I'm so dying to do Invisalign. Oh, That's on the, the top best. of my agenda. Really? So good. I'm really so scared good. about oh, how so painful like, it's going to be. Babe, like, I think everyone's pain tolerance is it. It's not painful. Yeah, but you Jade, you've had tray, a baby. You've been through it. You've been through pain. No. <laughs> No, no, I know, but no, it's not. It's a little bit of discomfort. Before we were told that the salons weren't going to be open till July, I said I'm going to go and get a wax first because 
this is just not working for me at all mm. um but i look at my nails and i think about i knew it'd be nails for you i knew i knew i knew <laughs> I look at them and I know that I've got to take them off soon, guys. And, you know, it mm-hmm. can't wait another two months. So I know mm-hmm. I'm going to literally bite off all of the skin off my nails. And it's just going Are to Are they be hurting? Them. No, they're actually fine. But I know, obviously, I've got to take them off. And... Are they lifting? One is lifting. I put on some Sally Hansen um, I feel like partner. you've got strong nails underneath. I don't. Yeah. I do not. Do you not? The acrylic, the acrylic is so strong for whatever reason. And it's not what that big. What the fuck do they use? Cement? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> as I, I need that. As I said, I got these done, I think, first week of March or second week of March. And hey, Dina. I'm sorry, your nail, te- your nail technician needs a raise. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that shit is still on. So I was actually going to email him today and be like, where can I buy the acrylic? online to oh try and do God. it myself but I think that's the first place I'm going to what about you two so I have just kind of let everything go so I'm quite okay with that I mean I think I probably will start shaving again when I might see other people but <laughs> I think do you know what I feel like I'm gonna prioritize a new kind of treatment because like I've always wanted to get lashes and I think that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna come out of quarantine a new person and try something that I haven't ever tried before so either lashes lashes Hmm. or um microblading are you gonna try the microblading either lashes or microblading they're both quite expensive so I think (laughs) and also we can only choose one right so I think I think I'm I think I'm inspired by teeth I keep looking at your teeth and I'm thinking, I want that life. So, as you know, this podcast is called Unpretty. The name was inspired by our experiences as people of colour navigating through a world that doesn't always provide us with the tools to make us feel like we're beautiful. And with that in mind, we've got a question for you, Jade, and I think you're going to give a brilliant answer to that. (laughs) When did you first realise that you were beautiful? It's still a journey. It's mm. still something that I work on every single day. Some days I feel very beautiful. Other days I literally feel like hell. I feel like everyone gets those days. But I feel like even when you're not feeling yourself, so uh, as as I said, like I haven't been doing my hair, I haven't been putting on makeup, I haven't really been doing like my nails and whatever. I have had to have like real sit down conversations with myself and say to myself, it doesn't matter about these stuff. I'm literally, even with my skin, it's so weird that you asked me this, but even with my skin, I sat in my office two days ago and cause I've been, I've, it's just, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to my skin breaking out and stuff. And I know people have it worse, but I'm just not used to it. So it had been getting me down and, um, I was sat in my office and I was singing to Jenny Aiko and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I just said to myself, you're still, you're still beautiful. You're still pretty. Aww. Like, don't, Aww. don't do this Aww. to yourself because it's like, it's just, you're stressing out more. You're going to make it worse. Like, you're still pretty. I'm still the same person. I've just got some spots and I'm working on it and it's fine. Um, but it's still a journey. I felt like I was beautiful when I had Ayla. It's so cliche as it sounds, but I just felt like... No, but it's nice. It was the most beautiful... Like, it was hell. It was awful. Like, pregnancy, labour, birth, all of that. Like, it was awful. But something so beautiful and something so amazing come out of it. And that was, like, the first time, like, yes, I'm ill. Yes, I'm not, like, looking after myself as much as I should. But my body did what it could at the time. Mm, And it tried. And that's beautiful. And um, I think my daughter's beautiful and a beautiful body and woman made a beautiful child. And I mean, yeah, her dad, he's, he's a good looking guy as well. He gets his props, but you know, <laughs> she grew in me, okay? So, <laughs> she looks exactly like you. That so was whatever. when I, <laughs> I know people are going to be like, you're not the only one that made her. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> it takes two to fucking tango. But... Yeah, that was when I decided that I would be kinder to myself. That's actually Aww. so lovely. I'm actually so kind nice. of emotional. It's so similar to what that. Tolly said, actually. Yeah. 
So Tolly, who was on our last episode, she's almost said the reverse. She said that she was kind of raised, and Isla's probably going to feel the same way. She was raised by her mum to just believe that she was beautiful because her mum was like, I'm amazing. You guys have come out of me. Therefore, you're amazing. So your story is almost like the reverse of it, where motherhood and giving birth to this beautiful creature, very beautiful creature, (laughs) has therefore affirmed that, you know, of course you're beautiful. But it really doesn't matter what anyone says to you. If you don't believe it, you don't believe it. And they also, like, these adults were saying it, but these children at school weren't saying it. They weren't mm-hmm. saying that I was pretty. They were just being... They were just being mean, so I'm not going to even sit here and be like, yeah, I've always thought I was beautiful, and, like, yeah, like, no, it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't been that way at all. It's actually so sweet, though. I, like, yeah. feel, like, really I, emotional I, by that answer. I love that you think... <laughs> I love, I love that you think I give good answers. I can literally talk for ages. Yeah, you're great. You're a great person to interview. This has been so nice. Well, Jade, before we let you go, and obviously um, you and your massive following, and they do know when they're going to tune into this, obviously, but for anyone who doesn't know who Jade Pierce is, Jade, where do we find you? <laughs> you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You like pretty much everywhere basically under my name Jade Pierce J A Y D E. My mum thought she'd be a bit <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm glad for that. I mainly do beauty and fashion and sometimes lifestyle. You can see a little bit of my daughter, she has her own page called World of Ayla where I show some hair, hair tips and how cool. I like to she dress is. her. She is, she's moving, Ayla. She's she's gonna be, she's gonna be, yeah. You. She's, Oh, oh girl. Yeah. I've already like... I've already moved out the way for her. Like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a nice conversation. It was so interesting to learn a little bit more about Jade and how she identifies her upbringing, kind of just her life. It was quite a nice candid conversation. Yeah, I think there's loads there that she said that I just didn't know and you wouldn't know just from looking at her Instagram feed. Yeah, for sure. Kadeen, how do you feel about being part of this episode? <laughs> uh, excited. I've never done this before, yeah? so all new to me. It's funny being on the opposite side of the fence. Okay. You know, I'm normally in the background, doing all background stuff, just in, in terms of media and stuff generally. But yeah, it's interesting. Sure. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I want you on the side of the fence more often, for sure. Yeah, 100%. This was a good chat. I think I'm pretty unfiltered is going to happen again. Yeah. Definitely. If you want to be a part of the conversation or if there's anybody that you think you'd like to hear more about on this podcast, all feel free to DM us on Instagram at unprettypodcast or alternatively you can email us at unprettypodcast at gmail.com. Basically, we're telling you to slide into our DMs. Slide in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, until next time, guys. You have been listening to the Unpretty Podcast, hosted by me, Chi Euphodiama. And me, Basma Khalifa. Not forgetting our producers. Shout out to ASOLA for booking our amazing guests. And Kidding Bissett for managing this whole thing. Special thanks to Xenia Gala for our artwork and Enoch Colo for our soundtrack. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please make sure you subscribe, rate us, and make sure you tell all your friends. And follow us on at and pretty podcast on Instagram and Twitter for more updates. Until next time. <laughs>